0: It's time for another episode of Gospel Preaching Live, brought to you by the Kearney Church of Christ, which meets at 406 North Clark in Kearney, Missouri. Make plans to come out and visit the brethren who look forward to seeing you. And now the host of Gospel Preaching Live, Richard Dodson. Welcome to Gospel Preaching Live. My name is Richard Dodson, and I work as a minister at the Kearney, Missouri Church of Christ. Barney, Missouri is just north of Kansas City, Missouri, by about 30 minutes. And we would love for to welcome you. We'll extend a uh, more formal welcome at the close of this lesson this evening. But each Thursday evening at 7 p.m. and each Sunday evening at 6 p.m., Lord willing, we try to bring you a lesson from God's Word. The purpose is to uplift and edify, and so that you will be able to learn from God's Word and be able to share it with others so that they may learn as well. So I'd ask for your help in giving us a like if you're watching on Facebook and YouTube, and share it with as many people as you can. We also publish this in various formats on uh, Spotify. Uh, It also comes out in our our radio show. And uh, if you're listening on the radio, that's we uh, are glad you joined in. But needless to say, if you ever have any questions or comments about what we do with this show, uh, you can always reach out to me by calling or texting 816 686 9517. That's 816 686 9517. And bear in mind, I am in the central time zone. You can also email me at gospelpreachinglive at gmail.com. That's gospelpreachinglive at gmail.com. Now, if you are watching on Facebook and YouTube, and you can always leave comments in the comment section, I monitor those and welcome them. And you might perhaps uh, have constructive criticism. You might have a suggestion for a lesson. Uh, Whatever it may be, go ahead and reach out, and uh, I'll see what I can't do to be able to uh, assist you. Get my microphone set up here. My microphone seems to have a mind of its own here. It's moving around on me, so uh, hopefully I can get that to where it's not going to move. All right, uh, let's go ahead and get into our lesson this evening. I would like to talk to you about being a neglectful servant of Jesus Christ. You know, that's not something we want to neglect. There are some things in our life we may neglect uh, from time to time. I don't know if you've ever neglected to mow your lawn before. Um, that, that has happened. I've done that as well. I mean, that's, uh, you got to catch up on it sooner or later. Uh, this is a picture. If you're watching on Facebook and YouTube of a garden that someone neglected, and you can see that it's all grown up with weeds and in order for someone to make it look good and to be able to prosper from it, uh, they got a lot of work in front of them. And this is an example of neglect. When we neglect our responsibilities, then it gets sloppy. It gets decayed. It gets uh, broken down. And so we can't allow our lives as Christians to be neglected. Or we're going to be like this garden we have a picture of here. Can you imagine if this garden was representing your life as a Christian? That would be sad, wouldn't it? And so we can't afford that to happen, and that's why this evening I thought we would talk about that and see if we couldn't um, learn from some scriptures to help remind us of some of these things that we need to do. Now, there is a passage I want to start off with by way of introduction, Matthew chapter 25. I'm going to read verses 14 through 30. I'll let you turn to that passage on your own. Uh, for those watching on Facebook and YouTube, I put verse 30 up just to to save us uh, uh, some from space. But uh, I do want to read Matthew chapter 25, verse 14 through 30. And I want you to look at the servants that are being described. For it will be like a man going on a journey, talking about when Jesus comes again, that's this is the parable of the talents. He starts off in verse 13 by saying, Watch therefore, for ye know neither the day nor the hour, talking about the Jesus coming again. He says, For it be like a man going on a journey who called his servants, which would be Christians, and entrusted them his property. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to each according to his ability, and then he went away. And he who had the five talents went at once and traded with them, and he made five talents more. And so also he who had the two talents made the two talents more. But he who received the one talent went and dug in the ground and hid his master's money. This is the one who's being a neglectful servant. And not after a long time. Now, after a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with uh, the servants. I lost my place. Now, after a long time, the master of those servants came and set out accounts with them. And he who had received the five talents came forward bringing five talents more, saying, Master, you delivered me five talents. Here I've made five talents more. And his master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter enter into the joy of your master. And he also who had the two talents came forward saying, Master, you delivered to me two talents. Here I have made two talents more. And his master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. He also had, he who had received the one talent came forward, saying, Master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you scattered no seed. So I was afraid and I went and hit your talent in the ground. Here you have what is yours. But his master answered him, you wicked and slothful servant. That's a neglectful servant. You knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I scattered no seed. Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers, and at my coming I should have received what was my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to him who has ten talents. For to everyone who has, more will be given, and he will have an abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away, and cast the worthless servant into outer darkness in that place where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So you can see that this is is what we're getting into. This is what we're talking about, being a neglectful servant. And we don't want to hear these words. We don't want the Lord to cast us into outer darkness. We don't want to go where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth because we know what he's describing. He's describing hell, and we don't want to go there. And so we want to be a good and faithful servant. We don't want to neglect our spiritual duties in the Lord. You know, in 1 Corinthians chapter 4 and verses 1 and 2, the apostle Paul was trying to not only justify himself Uh, and the apostles for his work with the Corinthians, but also try to get them from thinking too highly of other people. And so notice what he says in 1 Corinthians 4, 1 and 2. This is how one should regard us, as servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Now, I want to emphasize the Apostle Paul is saying we should regard him as a servant of Christ and as a steward of them, they were stewards of the mystery of God. They would be responsible for the teaching of God's message, but they were servants. And so it was important that he not neglect his duties that the Lord had given him. Likewise, we all are servants of Christ, and we all have duties in the Lord. We cannot neglect these duties that the Lord has given us. If so, then we will reap what we sow. So I broke down this lesson into some four basic points, but we can put any duty that we have in the Lord in this message. These are just some big ones that I wanted to bring up to remind us how important it is for us not to neglect our work in the Lord. And the first one being, sometimes you'll see that neglectful servant neglecting the church. And that's not, that's never a good thing. Uh, The church, the the Lord established the church. And those who are in the church, 1 Corinthians 6.20 says they have been bought with a price. Now, what price was that? We know Ephesians tells us that was the blood blood of, of Jesus. And that was the price that was shed. And so the church is an important function of the Lord. Jesus came, he established his church, and then Acts 2, those who are being saved are being added to the church. We have responsibilities with the church. Why is that important? Because we all who make up the church have been bought with that price, that price being the blood of Jesus Christ. Can anything cost more? I mean you can have all the money in the world and that doesn't equate to the blood of Jesus Christ. Think about it. You can have all the treasures in the world, you can have all the gold and the silver. That doesn't equate to the blood, the value of the blood of Jesus Christ. So we can we can understand how important the church is to the Lord. And if the Lord finds his church to be that important, then as his steward it needs to be important to us, very important. In fact, um, it needs to uh, um, have prominence in our life and our responsibilities there. Now, the Apostle Paul, he had a work, as we already talked about. He had a work in the Lord. He was a steward of the Word of God. And in Second Corinthians chapter 11, there was a, a price he had to pay in order to be a good steward. I mean, it talks about, if you want to read that whole chapter, it talks about some of the things that he had to endure in order to fulfill his duties, which tells you how important his duties were to him. Uh, All kinds of torment and torture, uh, being cast in the deep, these types of things, he was willing to endure so he would be counted as a worthy servant. But he makes another point after going through some of these things that he had endured. He says this in verse twenty-eight. He says, apart from other things, there is the daily pressure on me of my anxiety for all the churches. He was concerned about the churches. Now, of course, you know our our job is not what Paul's job was, but yet we do have a role in the church that we work with. And because we have a role there, then we too should have an anxiety for the work of that local church. In other words, that should consume us. We need to uh, think about what needs to be done and be working toward with the same attitude that Paul had. Uh, Paul said in First Corinthians eleven and verse one, "Be you imitators of me, as I am of Christ." And so, with that being the case, we need to imitate. The Apostle Paul, when he had anxiety for all the churches, I need to have anxiety for the church at Kearney. I need to be thinking about what the brethren need and looking to do my part in fulfilling that for them. Even to the point that the Apostle Paul was willing to endure in order to fulfill his duties, I should be willing to do the same thing. That's what's important. And so I need to look toward that in order to make sure I'm not being a neglectful servant. But all too often, we see brethren who do the simplest things. They, they neglect even coming to church. And, of course, part of our duties toward our brethren is to stir up our brethren to love and good works. How is that done? Hebrews 10, 24 and 25 says, by not neglecting to meet together. And so, a neglectful servant neglects the assembly. He neglects his work in the in the Lord's service. Perhaps you're a song leader. Perhaps you're someone who can preach. Perhaps you're someone who can lead a prayer. Perhaps you're someone who can sit by a brother and put put his arm around him to comfort him. Uh, you can sing with him. It doesn't matter what you can do. It has to be a priority in your life, and you can't neglect that. That's why it's important, and so many people do. Now, people have told me before, Richard, why do you always harp on coming to church? And I'm going to tell you exactly what an older preacher told me when I was younger. I asked the same question to him, and he said when this is no longer a problem, he won't preach on it as much. But this is a problem, and we have servants who are neglecting their duties to the church. And I'm not talking about just coming to church. There's more things that you can do for your brethren during the week other than just going to church. But we'll talk about that. And that's something that's important. All right, a neglectful servant. He has a responsibility to know God's truth, to be a good Bible student. But a neglectful servant, he neglects Bible study. He's not well-versed, as he should be, and he's easily swayed, He's e- and it's easy for him to uh, watch other people get swayed by false teachers because he can't stand up and, and point out the truth to the false teacher. In Acts 17 and verse 11, when it talked about the Bereans, it says, these were more noble than those in Thessalonica. They received the word with all eagerness, examining the scriptures daily to see if these things were so. They had to prove the truth with what was being taught with the Scriptures. And so we need to do this daily as well. We need to make sure that we know God's Word. People in the Lord's Church should be very well-versed. People should be impressed with the knowledge that our members have. And if our members don't have knowledge, and in many places they don't, That is because those members are being neglectful in their Bible study. And in some cases, uh, it's not being taught at church. Sometimes Bible teachers are neglecting their duties, and that's never a good thing. But we need to make sure, and that's part of our duty as a member of the Lord's church, is not just to know the Bible ourselves, but to encourage our brethren to know the Bible. And that's why getting together with our brethren to study the Bible is such a good thing. It's never a bad thing. And it should also be a priority. Anytime we have a chance to study the Bible with them, we should do that. And we have examples of why. In Hosea 4, 6, when the Israelites, you know, they were not faithful to God. Go to Israel today and look at the temple. Where are the stones of the temple? They've all been cast down. Why And that was the second rebuild of the temple. Why have they been cast down? You can go there and sit on them. Why is that? Because they were destroyed for a lack of knowledge. They rejected knowledge. And if they were destroyed for a lack of knowledge, what's going to happen to us if we neglect Bible study? We're going to be destroyed as well. We're going to be swayed by false teaching something that we can't allow to happen. 2 Timothy 2:15 says do your best. Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. You know, many times our best is is a lot better than what we think it might be. But we have a responsibility as a, a servant of God to do our best. To present ourselves as one approved, we should never be ashamed. We should know how to rightly handle the word of truth. And you know, I—sad to say—but I have come across many Christians who do not know the books of the Bible. Well, if you don't know the books of the Bible, then you probably don't know what's contained in those books. And so that—that that should make you ashamed. We need to make sure we understand the Bible and we're well-versed in it. Another thing that uh, a neglectful servant uh, does not pursue is prayer. He neglects prayer in his life, and that's really too bad because there's many things that the Lord says about prayer. Uh, in Acts 6, for instance, when the early church was being established, it appears they were going to pick out men to act like like deacons, and some doesn't say deacons. We don't know for sure but they were going to do that type of work that the apostles wanted to be able to devote themselves to something else. And he he tells them, brothers pick out from among you seven men of good repute, full of the spirit and wisdom whom we will appoint to this duty, but we will devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word, devoting yourself to prayer. And that's something we should all be pursuing. We need to devote ourselves to prayer. Being devoted to something means it's something you got to do. You know, I'm devoted to eating. (laughs) I mean, when it's time for breakfast, I eat. When it's time for lunch, I eat. Our supper. Yeah, I I I don't forget that. That's something that's 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 always before me. You can easily say I'm devoted to it. Well, prayer needs to be devoted to as well. In Second Thessalonians one. 11 and 12, Paul told the Thessalonians, to this end, we always pray for you, always pray that our God may make you worthy of his calling and may fulfill a resolve for good and every work of faith by his power. And he goes on talking about what he was going to pray for. But my point being is that Paul says, we always pray for you, always. And so that's something that we need to be concerned with. Jesus told a parable to this end in Luke 18, verse 1 through 8. Now, I didn't put the whole passage on the screen. I'm going to read it. But I I, uh, I just put the one verse up here so that uh, we could understand what the uh, uh, parable was about. But if you look at Luke 18, it talks about the parable of the persistent widow. He says he told them a parable to the effect that they always they ought always to pray and not lose heart. That's Jesus saying that. They ought always to pray. He said in a certain city there was a judge who neither feared God nor respected man. And there a widow in that city who kept coming to him saying, give me justice against my adversary. For a while he refused, but afterward he said to himself, though I neither fear nor respect man, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will give her justice so that she will not beat me down by her continual coming. And the Lord, that's Jesus, said, hear what the unrighteous judge says. And will not God give justice to his elect who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long over them? I tell you, he will give justice to them them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? We need, and this is a good example of this, we need to be praying. We need to be praying uh, to the Lord, letting our prayers up before the Lord so that he will hear our prayers. And for the simple reason, that's what we've been commanded to do. That's part of our job as being a steward of the Lord. We need to pray. That's why he taught us in the scriptures to pray. So this is something we have to do. And it's something that we we cannot afford to neglect. And then finally, my last point is neglecting spiritual growth. There are those who do neglect spiritual growth. It's never a good thing because usually if you don't grow spiritually, you'll die. And uh, that's that's not a good thing. So neglecting spiritual growth is something that we have. First of all, we have to understand growth is commanded. In 2 Peter 3 and verse 18, it says, grow Grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Grow. You know, we have to get better as Christians, is what he's saying. Grow in the grace and knowledge. We have to get better. You know, nobody's very good at something when they first start doing it, but as they keep trying, they grow, they get better. And the Lord is watching for that. And we can't allow ourselves not to grow. In Hebrews 5, verse 11 through 14, we have an example of some who did. And it says about this, Paul, or the writer, I think it's Paul, but it's the writer of Hebrews, about this, we have much to say, and it is hard to explain, since you have become dull of hearing, for though by the time you ought to be teachers, you need someone teach you again the basic principles of the oracles of God. Well, notice, see, they had not grown. There was a time they needed to be teachers, but they hadn't grown. And then he says this, you need milk, not solid food. For everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, since he is a child. But solid food is for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. Now, he's not talking about meat and milk. Uh, These are metaphors. And so what he's saying is that as a new convert, you want to know the basics of Christianity. That's the milk of it. You want to start learning what you have to do to be a good servant. But as you continue to grow, then some things get harder, but you learn more precisely what the Lord is looking for. And now you're talking about solid food. And so we can see then that milk and and meat are metaphors for uh, spiritual growth. You know, we give milk to a baby, so a baby grows. But after a while, that baby grows to a point where he starts eating solid food. And so likewise, that's what we do as Christians. Uh, We start off new as babies, and then as we grow, we get better, we get stronger. That's what the Lord is wanting to see. Those who don't grow are neglecting their duty. For instance, in 1 Peter 2 and verse 2, he says, like newborn infants, long for the pure spiritual milk that you may grow up into salvation. So in other words, you should be wanting to grow. And since you want to grow, you long for the pure spiritual milk. But after that, yeah, yeah, that's not that's not enough. You're gonna want solid food so that you can continue to grow. I I was listening to Andy Reid talk about uh, Andy Reid is the uh, coach of the Kansas City Chiefs football team, and he was talking about some of his players, and some of his players he really liked coaching because they constantly are wanting coaching, even if it appeared they had something. Uh, pretty much uh, perfected something, they would come up to the coach and say, Coach, coach, give me something. Give me something to make me better. They were, they're, they're always looking to improve. They're looking to grow as a player. Well, that's, that's what that long for the pure spiritual, that's what that means. We need to be going to God in his word and, and praying that we would find something to make us a better servant we got to get better, and that needs to be a desire of ours. But, again, all too often, we neglect that. So the neglectful servant, just the four points I had for you this evening. Again, we can add a lot of these things, but these are generic points, big points. They neglect church. They neglect Bible study. They neglect prayer. They neglect spiritual growth. Uh, Don't neglect these things. Now, you can talk about other things even within this. Neglecting your family, uh, neglecting uh, your responsibility to your neighbors, uh, neglecting the teaching of the, the gospel—I mean, there are just so many more things that we could talk about. But this gets you going. This gets you started, and hopefully, you won't be, not be neglectful, uh, a neglectful servant. Because what you want to hear is in Matthew twenty-five, verse thirty-four through thirty-six. That's This is what you want to hear on the last day. The king, which is Jesus, will say to those on his right, come you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. That's what you want to hear. And so let's pursue that by not neglecting. Our duties in the Lord. All right, as I said, I was going to uh, invite you to the church in, in Kearney in a more formal way, and this is it. We reached that point in the lesson. Uh, if you're in the Kearney, Missouri area, come and visit us. We have a Bible study at 9:30 Sunday morning. Uh, we worship have worship service at 10:30, and we are at 406 North Clark. And if you want to learn about the church, get directions, whatever it may be, uh, need a phone number. Go to carneychurch.com and you'll find everything that you need right there. Now, if you like this lesson, we talked a little bit about the radio show earlier. You can uh, tune in to KPGZ 102.7 FM every Sunday morning uh, at 7 a.m. Central Time, and you can hear a lesson from God's Word just like what you're hearing now. Now, if uh, you can't reach uh, 102.7 FM, you can't pull that in on your dial, which if you're outside Carney, you won't. Then uh, that's no big deal because you can download their app and you can stream it on your mobile device, so you can hear it no matter where you're at as long as you got internet access. Uh, Brean Spirits is an internet show that I'm a part of with two other preachers, and that airs every Thursday at 10 a.m. Central Time. You can watch and take part on Facebook and YouTube by hitting the Brean Spirits app at carneychurch.com, and you can leave comments in the comment section and we may use those on the show but uh, basically it's a, it's a uh, topical discussion show and uh, it runs for about 45 minutes past episodes are left up for you to enjoy now gospel preaching live and berean spirits are all published on Spotify and podcast form so you can look for that on Google Podcasts and Spotify and be able to uh, listen to that at your leisure all right that's all i have for you lord willing i'll come to you again this sunday at 7pm. Thank you for joining me. Remember, this is the day the Lord has made. Let's rejoice in it and be glad. This has been Gospel Preaching Live. Join us each week as truth is taught, faith is examined, and beliefs are challenged. Be sure and hit the like button so you can be notified of future episodes. And to watch past episodes, go to our website, carneychurch.com. This has been a work of the Kearney Church of Christ.